and welcome to Property Matters, a weekly catch-up on the world of property supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And we're live every Sunday from 10am, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn and our website, propertymatterstv.co.uk. If you're watching on our website, leave that Google review and if you're on social media, get involved in the chat below. And also we have our email address if you'd like to suggest some topics for us to discuss. It's hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. If you can't watch us live on a Sunday, you can get us on a podcast every Monday morning, 10am from wherever you get your podcasts from. And we're also live across the week on Dilsey Radio. So let's say hi and welcome to our property expert, Joe Joshi. Morning, Joe. Yes, good morning, Paul. Good morning to our listeners and viewers. Um, happy Sunday. And uh, yeah, uh, plenty packed stuff here this morning. Paul's got the questions after questions for me, so I'll do my very best. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk about this. Obviously, we're getting to a stage now where we're getting into electioneering mode uh, around the UK. And um, it's not going to be just the Tory party, of course, that are going to come up with uh, initiatives to inspire us to vote for them. Labour are doing exactly the same thing, of course. And one of their latest uh, situations or um, things that they've actually said that they would do is to regulate the estate agency and letting industry and also, of course, the managing agents, the property managing agents. So the whole sort of property industry, I suppose, they're looking to um, uh, basically, uh, as part of the uh, leasehold and freehold reform bill, to regulate property agents. Um, if approved, it would result in the enactment of the Regulation of Property Act Agents Working Group report from within 12 months of the leasehold and reform bill being uh, law. The leasehold and reform bill was debated in the Commons at, um, on the 16th and 18th of January this month after passing its second reading in the House of Commons on the 11th of December with calls to regulate estate agency lettings and managing agents being deb debated. The UK government has stated that a ban on new leasehold houses and end of marriage value and a redress scheme for freeholders will be added to the bill as it makes its way through Parliament. So I wanted to focus on that fact there, Joe. Um, it is interesting when you look at it because it is one of the few um, transactional purchases industries where there is no regulation. I mean, if you go and, um, you know, if you buy goods and so on online and all the rest of it, there's certain regulations in place. But basically anyone can set up as an estate agent, can't they? Um, not quite true, really. There, um, whilst the, the uh, agency business may not appear to be regulated, everything around us is regulated. So, for example, you know, in a conveyancing transaction, your solicitors are regulated. So, you know, they're not going to actually do anything um, that they feel isn't right by their clients. So, there's a regulation. Lenders are regulated. They're not going to lend you money if the transaction doesn't um, transpire to be correct. Uh, in any shape or form. Surveyors and valuers are regulated. Um, so there's a lot of people around this, the system that actually are regulated. In fact, to a point where they almost are over-regulated and makes life um, extremely difficult. But of course, at the end of the line, Paul, in this situation is always the agent. We carry the, the can for pretty much everyone else's um, inability to do their job correctly. Um, and so when surveyors do a bad job, um, it's the agent that gets the, the blame. It's, it's always the agent that's going to get the, uh, the fault. When a solicitor doesn't do their job correctly uh, or takes time, it's the agent that gets all the grief out of it. And of course, if the lender isn't producing the lending in time, guess who's going to get the blame of it? It's going to be the agent. So, you know, whilst there isn't a regulation as such, we are the butt and the bait 
for all that are supposedly regular. So in order to complicate the issue even more, you could start to regulate the agents, which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. Um, and as long as the others are also prepared to take the blame and the bait for all their wrongdoings that happens. So unfortunately, we get um, tarred with this situation. It's always the agent's fault. But actually, in essence, we are surrounded by so-called regulated people who couldn't organize themselves, let alone try and organize anybody else uh, amongst themselves. So I think that's an unfair thing. But Labour obviously now are trying to bring in something that they feel that is going to be a, wi a winning vote for them. Let me just say this to you, that basically when you look back in history, and I, I go back 40 plus years of this, you know, this subject has been on the table for all of that period, perhaps longer. The reason why it hasn't come to that is in the system, in the cycle of property sales, property lettings, management, um, always there is an agent that has to be involved because it's just never going to get there. If I was to leave the transactions always to the solicitors, there's more chance of being struck by lightning than an actual sale ever happening. Um, and of course, if a surveyor was always doing it, even in a surveyor's point of view, the surveyors end up coming to your local agents for comparable evidence. You know, they want to know the ins and outs. And the difference is that we give them that information, but actually don't get valued for it. What we get valued for is all the bad things. So, yes, I think there is some uh, room for some sort of regulation, but not only Labour, but the Tories have done a fantastic job so far in absolutely annihilating the property market because it's the only thing that keeps them in power. Property is always the football that's been kicked around by all of the um, uh, parties. And here we are now at a discussion again. The letting market has been absolutely decimated by the Tories. Um, and now they're thinking, well, how do we get this resurrected? So, yeah, I, you know, I am, I'm a little bit beefed by, by the idea. I'm sure you could tell that in the tone of my voice. But the reality <laughs> of it is, the reality of it is there are enough around us who couldn't organise nothing. Well, Mr. Pennycook, I would imagine, would come back at you and say, well, the fact that the solicitors, surveyors and all these people are regulated and you're the only one who isn't, that's an even more um, uh, convincing case that everybody should be re regulated in the process, not just uh, those on that legal side. And uh, whilst, um, you know, the point's been made in comments this morning, you know, if you're a, a qualified person who runs a good business, and you've got nothing to fear from regulation. So, uh, uh, and it does stop what we've heard of in the past, where you know agents have been favouring um, landlords over first-time buyers, for example, because they've got people they want to keep sweet and all that kind of thing. So, there has been stuff going on. To be fair to Mr. Pennycook. Yes, but Mr. Pennycook really needs to come in and work as an agent before he starts. And most of the problems with the majority of these people, they've never actually done the job. So it's easy to sit behind his desk and actually come up with these fantastic ideas. Tell Mr. Pennycook that he should come and take a job with an estate agent and get a real life test. And he'll understand why it is. I don't have an issue with regulations. I don't have an issue. We do have regulations. So the estate agency, the letting agents are full of regulations. Um, the only thing they don't have is a certificate to say, a little piece of paper that turns around and says to them, oh yeah, here is a person that has now been authorised by the government, yet another government body that will probably charge you yet another fee to actually certify a piece of paper to say that this person, well, I've been doing this for 43 years, you know, and I've learned it the hard way, and I know the, the distance and the, and the problems that we have to go through. 
But if we didn't exist as agents in amongst all these so-called qualified people, um, the job would never get done. Um, so Mr. Pennycook could come over and take a job. He can come and spend a, a few weeks with me and get a real life experience of exactly how the other side live instead of sitting there talking about it from the back of his desk. Well, one of our regular contributors, Mr. Guy Charison, is uh, up and uh, oh, actually he's up late at night, I suspect. I think that's right. I think you've got it the right way around. Um, Labour, of course, love regulation, he says. It creates more government jobs. I suppose there is an element of that uh, in that. But in general, the leasehold and reform, freehold reform bill, we're, we're generally in favour of that, aren't we, Joe, in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, taking away some of these leasehold uh, situations that people have been facing. I mean, the, the bill in general is going to do some good work. Yes, no, no, the bill in general, as far as leasehold uh, at reform is concerned, I think is is paramount. It's important. It's way uh, too old. Um, people are having to, you know, have marriage values in, in increasing leases from, you know, uh, things that have gone down for below 60 years. Um, none of that, I'm against it. I just think that if we are the butt of an excuse, then that really does uh, obviously grind against my teeth. But in terms of um, being the the uh, the regulations, yes, I, I think that there is no question in my mind that you know this freehold, the long 999 year leases, all of those things have been long overdue, and especially especially where you know service charges come into it. Service charges are just, you know, a, another way of a landlord earning or a corporation earning lots of money from people that, and actually what's annoying about half of that is that most of the work is never done. I mean, you know, some of these blocks that you go and visit are just abysmal really. And they are down to the fact that the service charges that the people are paying and the to the landlord, to the management company are not doing their job. And, and unfortunately, nobody wants to get involved because they're too busy in their life. So they pay someone to do it and then that person doesn't do it. So I have no uh, issue about the changes in the law towards uh, the leasehold reform bill at all. Um, but I think that uh, my, my point was simply that if the reason is oh, well, while we're at this position, why don't we do this? I think they need to sort of take a, a long view on that. I guess there's probably more need for it with letting agents and especially managing agents when we're thinking about leasehold and uh, freehold reform and so on. There's probably greater need for regulation with, with those areas rather than necessarily estate agents. Would you agree? I think it gets tarred with the same brush, unfortunately, Paul. Not that you want to sort of put that into different compartments. Agents per se, you know, when I go back and I I'm sure Guy will join me in on this particular point. We go back, selling property was actually the number one issue. Letting was a poorer relation, it was a second relation. But because the government has, all governments have abysmally failed in building more properties and providing housing accommodation for the letting market, the letting market became now the everyday business because more people can afford to rent or had no choice but to rent because it usually became difficult to borrow and, and lend money and lots of other reasons for it. So <clears throat> that's why the two will never be parted. If someone is a sales agent, well, they'll probably end up doing some letting business because somebody may buy a property, be it an investor or uh, otherwise, will turn around and say, well, actually, I bought it through you, so I want to rent it through you. So the two will go hand in hand, come what may, and, and, and they will fall under the same thing. But the, <clears throat> the letting market, the letting business has 
had a it, you know it's had its fistful of, of nothing but punches against it over the last four or five years and since mr gove has decided that you know he wants to level up i'm not sure he needs to know how a leveling up works he must get one and, and see how it works because he's not leveling up where it really needs to level up it's only leveling up where he thinks it is and he's another clown that probably doesn't own a property that or rents a property or even has an investment property but is an expert on how people should deal with their um, letting properties and i think that's where they're going and look you know here we are in an election year and guess what they're all going to have a go at the rental or the property market because it's the football that's going to get them somewhere all of a sudden interest rates are beginning to come down all of a sudden first time buyers are offered all sorts of you know shenanigans all sorts of goodies in other in order to sort of you know, be the ones that will consider those particular parties and i think you know from a personal point of view i just you know see it that why don't they look at look at the look at their own cupboards there's lots of things in the government cupboards and the local authorities that they can actually sort out before they start to think about looking at it's like casting stones isn't it let's cast the stones at the property market because that way you know they won't look at us but i think they really need to look in their own cupboard it does certainly feel that the agents and the landlords have been uh, that, that they're easy targets, shall we just put it like that? Uh, uh, and of course, vote winners in the sense that oh yeah, nobody likes them, do they? You know, it was what we used to say in the eighties about double glazing salesmen. Do you remember? Absolutely, double glazing salesmen, car salesmen. I mean, why not regulate car salesmen? Why not regulate double glazing salespeople? You, you, you know, why, why these people are a conduit. They are the reason, they are the glue that creates the, the deals. These people will never go away. And, and, and there'll always be somebody that'll come up. But I feel that what they tend to do is they look at them and think, okay, well, let's have a go at them because as long as we're having a go at them, they're keeping their eyes away from us. But they really need to look in the cupboard and look at themselves, look in the mirror and ask themselves what they're doing. And most of the things that they're doing wrong. I mean, look at the state of the governments, blue or pink, purple or yellow, they're all the same. Guy was suggesting that maybe some of these politicians should be on a plane to Rwanda, which is an interesting suggestion. But um, <laughs> we, we, I, I'm not going to put the I'll comedy put up on guy. the screen because it's far <laughs> too politically motivated. So we'll leave it at that. We'll just put it like that. Thank you, Guy. Anyway, um, and, and funny enough, you mentioned something there about uh, local authorities doing something to solve the problem. And I, I still don't know what I think about this story, which is why I so want to debate it with you, because um, part of me thinks it's a great idea, part of me thinks it's dreadful. But I think there are reasons, mitigating reasons, why it's happened. So let's just talk about it, shall we? The owners of long-term empty houses in parts of North London will be forced to pay double their council tax one year earlier as part of the action to help tackle the housing crisis. This week, the Cabinet at Haringey Council voted to charge 200% council tax on properties that have been empty for 12 months, reduced from two years, to encourage the owners to bring them back into use. The charge will take place from um, the 1st of April 2024. That's this uh, spring, of course. Comes alongside plans for a new double council tax bill on fully furnished second homes and holiday lets for the period they are empty, with councillors at the meeting agreeing this will be levied from April the 1st, 2025. It is estimated that in London alone, there are 34,000 long-term empty dwellings, including more than 1,000 in Haringey, which is uh, amazing, isn't it? I mean, the, one of the councillors said, um, we are determined to turn Haringey's empty dwellings into new homes. 
Londoners are in the grip of a housing crisis and bringing unoccupied homes into use is part of the solution. Now that's an interesting one, isn't it? Double council tax if you leave your property empty for 12 months. I can see all kinds of people wriggling in and out of this one, can't you? I love this story, Paul. Um, and the reason I love this story uh, is, and I'm happy to debate this till, till we all gonna get bored with it, is that again, here is a scenario of councils actually pointing the finger at um, people that have invested, put their good money um, into property, put the energy into buying, gone paid their taxes already by stamp duty, paid their taxes by already paying um, rates whilst they're empty or not empty, um, and you know, humongous other taxes, income tax, profit tax, whatever you want to do it, tax, 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 and more tax. And the problem with the Harringay Council and pretty much every council throughout the country is that we should, we as owners of properties and, and the citizens should actually penalize the councils for all the assets that sit there doing nothing. They themselves have got loads and loads of properties that are in derelict positions, they can't be bothered to care about, they're in association and partnership with people who have not organized them, they are lying empty, who's gonna pay for those? Why don't they go home and open up their, their ledger, look at all the assets that they've got, all the things that are lying sitting there doing nothing, all the empty properties, and, pay, and, and the taxes that we've already paid should have paid for those to be brought back into reality. Those are the properties that they really should be worrying about. Not again, looking at an over the garden fence. Oh, they've got a property. It's lying empty for the last year. It's a holiday let. They've invested, they paid their tax. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a little committee to turn around and say, they've probably got enough money. Let's charge them a bit more. Well, actually they should charge themselves. They've got loads of assets, all of these councils I know for a fact that I've driven past lots and lots of properties which are belonging to the council and they lie derelict. They got boarded up, they've got steel girders on them, they just haven't bothered to uh, reinstate them and they'll say they haven't got the money. Well, funny enough, because they haven't got the money, they're gonna actually go and tax somebody else to get some more money. I don't mind paying those taxes if that money was actually gonna go towards the good use of properties that they've got that are sitting there derelict, but it doesn't. It goes for other stupid things that they do. You know, for example, oh, we will reduce the rates. Well, actually, we're paying the rates. Why do you want to reduce the rates already? You know, people are happy to pay the rates if the things were being done properly. But Harringay Council haven't looked in their own cupboard again. They haven't looked and seen how much property they've got that is probably, you know, could be brought back into circulation themselves for the council tenants that are registered on their books. You know, how many people are they saying they've got registered on their books now? They've got 13, 14,000 people registered waiting for homes. They've probably got a block of flats that, that they probably haven't bothered to reinstate, or it's, it's now out of date, um, or it has, you know, some, some building problems. Well, actually, why don't you invest the money in those and bring those back into circulation and put the people that are lying, sitting in, in uh, hotels, you know, living in bed and breakfasts, things that you're paying for. Because that's easy. That's the easy part. Uh, everybody could do that. But the hardest part is actually doing the job that you're supposed to be doing in the first place. 
Yes, I mean, there is an element that says, you know, you've bought the property, you've paid the duty on it, you've paid the taxes, and what you do with it at that point is your own business. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one side of the argument, isn't it? That's, that's the point I'm making. We've already paid. Any investor who has bought a home, whether it's a holiday home or a, a buy-to-let property or a home that they've decided that they have a, another agenda for, let's say, hypothetically, somebody's bought a property and they decided that, um, you know, it's something that I want to perhaps retire into later or I use it as my, uh, my base in London because when I travel into London, I'm in there three days as opposed to seven days. Um, yeah, that's their business. That's up to them. They've invested. They've already paid the price for that. They paid stamp duty for that, which has gone to the coffers of the government. They're already paying rates on properties that they're using. Why target those people? That's that really, really irritates me that they think, oh, well, it's easy money. Let's go there and do it. I say that Harringay should definitely take a long look and look at what's in their cupboard. Well, the finance and local investment member for the cabinet um, at Harringay says that they have currently 13,000 households on their house waiting list. And last year alone, we received 4,400 homelessness applications, one of the highest in London. When affordable and good quality homes are in such short supply, empty properties, whether that's a short-term holiday let or second home or even a home left empty, drives up the cost of renting locally. That's their justification, they say. Yeah, the, the properties that, that are, well, first of all, you know, whether it's labour uh, in London, Sadiq Khan has not built enough properties. Harangay is, is not and cannot build. Good number of labour ones have gone pop um, uh, in terms of bankruptcies um, because they've overspent on the wrong things. I just think it's just a bit unfair that they just keep picking on homeowners that have got their own property, have worked hard, got got the assets there. And it's just easy pickings to turn around and say, well, actually, they've got one. Why can't we just charge them? That really does um, not, not, not work for me. There's an element of uh, culpability here for Airbnb, surely, because they've certainly exacerbated the situation, I would suggest. Because Why so many so? people I mean, have gone and taken their properties and put them into short-term holiday lets rather than renting them out. Well, I mean, then they're still paying the rates, aren't they? So whether they're letting them out or they're not letting them out, they're still paying their standard rates. Where does double rates come into this? Because they've got a property that may be empty for a year or six months or more. So it's just easy pickings, isn't it? It's easy money for them to say, well, that's lying empty. Let's, as of the 1st of April, we'll start doubling their money. Well, on what grounds? I, you know, I, I think they've got loads of money um, and they should use that wisely in their own assets. If all of their assets were absolutely brought to the front and the only thing left was to charge them, then I'll, I'll stand and be counted and be, and I'm sure other landlords will say, actually, you know, that's fair enough. But I don't think any landlord would uh, disagree with me to say that, you know, first of all, before they start to start to charge us um, more money, uh, which we've already paid for, by the way, we've already paid it in various other taxations why now have another tax on top of a tax just because it's lying empty that's their prerogative it's their asset they pay for it i can't mm. see what harangay or any other council would you i mean you know <clears throat> imagine your property lying empty and somebody says well actually paul your property's lying empty so you know you can afford to do that i'll just charge you another another you know whatever it is five thousand six thousand pounds a year just because it's lying empty. why should that be you should not pay you paid your money you paid your dues um, and that's that. That's how I feel. I, I'm really on the on the side of the landlords here, 
I think that uh, the landlords should not be continued to be penalised. We've already had lots of uh, landlords coming out of the market because of such stupid taxes that they keep throwing up in there. And it's destroyed the, the letting market. It's destroyed that market over the last three to four or five years. Um, and that's why there's a shortage of housing. So now here they are saying, oh, hang on a minute. There's a shortage of housing. Guess what? Let's go and tax some more so that whatever's left in the system, they also leave too. How stupid. Where do these people get these jobs? I don't know. Well, it's, they're, they're saying, and I quote, we believe it's fair that those who can afford to keep their properties unoccupied for long periods of time should either contribute more to preventing homelessness or explore more socially responsible ways for their properties to provide uh, them income. <laughs> That's what they say. Well, yeah, they could say that, but I would say that they've got enough money and they should be responsible in dealing with that money correctly, bringing back housing that they've got back into the system and stop poking at the people that are generally working hard for it. And this is, uh, this is wider than just Haringey, because there's been a campaign by local councils across the UK who've called for the government to give them more powers to tackle empty homes, which can also attract vandalism and antisocial behaviour. According to council tax-based calculations, there are currently 1,028 properties in Haringey which have been empty for 12 months and five years. Um, applying the premium is expected to raise an additional £900,000 a year, which they say they're going to invest in getting people into homes. Um, even more properties, 1,067 are registered as fully furnished second homes, 479 with no resident for more than a year and 588 for less than 12 months. Legislation means councils must decide to charge a premium one year before its introduction, meaning the start date of the 1st of 20, uh, April 2025. The councils call for greater powers to address empty properties. I wonder if there's um, an element of, of obviously foreign investment in this. People have just bought properties to see them appreciate from, as we've, we've heard from China, Hong Kong, those kind of places. Yes, there's a lot of international investment that comes into this country from places like China, Russia, previously before they got, you know, sanctioned and all sorts of other stuff. People have brought a lot of money into the country, and and I I accept that, I understand that. I also accept the fact that they may have the money, and but that doesn't give the councils the right to turn around and say, well, if they they got money, we'll just take it from them. You know, they, they I just think that they've got to get their own house in order first, and to ask the national government. Um, for uh, guidance and assistance. That's easy, isn't it? Well, they're going to say yes. Why wouldn't they say yes? Because it means that they pass the buck to somebody else. Um, and um, But I, I, my, my belief in this, this, this debate is that we've already paid. Our landlords that buy and invest have already paid. They pay double stamp duty to purchase a buy-to-let. They have to pay double the stamp duty already you know, as a buy-to-let pro pro you know, a property. On top of that, whether it's lying empty or not, they are liable for their rates to be paid. And of course, if they make any money on that project, they're going to be paying um, gain, uh, capital gains as well as obviously profit and loss on their personal taxation. I think they're taxed to the hilts and Haringey and other councils actually just need to look at what they've got in their own cupboard and tax themselves first. In fact, we as landlords should be taxing them. A lot of these properties in foreign um, that have been invested into by, by foreign people, basically, uh, a lot of those, of course, are into um, 
um, in, into sort of shell companies and, um, and and registered offshore and in part of limited companies. So actually trying to trace the person that's going to be paying the council tax is going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, they are saying they're going to work with genealogists, would you believe, to identify unknown owners and explore innovative legal means to take control of empty homes. Um, we know to what extent from some of the um, the cases that have unravelled in courts to, to the extent that property is hidden in places like the British Virgin Islands and uh, and kept from and concealed from 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 ownership. So uh, they're going to have a job on their hands, and I can see all kinds of legal cases and challenges where people are trying to wriggle out of it. Can't you? Absolutely, and there we have all those um, people that are controlled and, and, and got their, their legal powers, the lawyers, etc., rubbing their hands in glee, more money coming in from somewhere else, and not focusing on the job. I, I, you know, I, I think, yes, it's, it's a challenge. People do invest in the country. The country invites investment, Paul. You have to remember, it's the governments that invite investment from foreigners, especially places like China and so forth. Uh, because they know they have the money and they know that they want to buy and, and, and they are the people that fuel. People could people that live in the UK, once you've left London, for argument's sake, or left any property for, for that matter, it's really, really hard to go back to that property as a UK uh, person. So it always goes to people that have got the money and are looking to invest and they are the recyclers of our property market. If we didn't have the investment from international investors, London would be just dry. You know, where would that be? I mean, to buy an average one bedroom flat in London, you know, you're talking about circa 400,000, 500,000 pounds now. And, and our young people that live in this country from the income and so forth, it's a challenge for them to go and buy such properties. They'd love to, so they go and rent. But investors buy and then rent them to them. That's how the system works. It's not something that has been created overnight. It's been established for years and years and years. And all the councils do and all the government does is look for easy pickings. And property is their easy picking. I've said this a million times on our programs, that they just look at the property side of it. When they want to, they use it as a yo-yo. And here we are in a yo-yo again because it's an election year both parties red and blue will actually use the property as the football in order to try and make sure that they hit the right goal hit the right targets and people say oh yeah yeah that's that's important that's the right thing to do but i think reality wise when people do come in and buy they then look at it the other way and say hang on a minute i'm paying for this left right and center well, you know why should i have to pay again and that's my, my beat, that you know, Haringey turns around and says, well, let's look at these empty properties. I say that Haringey and other councils around the country have plenty empty properties of their own, which they should actually focus on. Now, I, I would say for 100% of the assets of any council are let, and, and, and you know, then, and only then, they can start to put the finger on somebody else and say, well, actually, all of our assets are let, they're all refurbished, um, but, you know, that, that guy has an empty house and it's been empty for a year. Now we need to target him more to bring more revenue in. Maybe there, there might be some argument there. But until they've got themselves sorted, I don't think there is.
Well, Gove obviously is very keen to give the councils those powers because they were passed in the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act, which went through Parliament. And uh, now they've got the opportunity to make it clear that from the t 1st of April 24 that they'll start doing this from 25. So uh, it's going to happen. Um, but interestingly, figures published in October by the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities showed more than 260,000 residential properties in England in just in England that had been empty for over the long term. Meanwhile, there are about 70,000 holiday homes in England and Wales, according to census data in 2021. So there's a quarter of a million, just over a quarter of a million empty homes in the U, not in the UK, just in England, um, that are sitting there dormant at the moment, Joe. And one wonders uh, to what extent that part of that is foreign investment and what is also people thinking, well, I, I'm not going to, this is obviously looking back over this last 10 years, I'm not going to get anything from a bank or a building society, I might as well put it into bricks and mortar and just have it sat there. Well, that's what's happened, isn't it, to a large extent. Yeah. Um, when the interest rates were so low, it was easy to buy at the levels and the rental returns were really good. But the governments have done a fantastic job. You know, I applaud them on their way of how to screw up things. They've actually managed to increase the rates um, and, and actually talk all those people to sell their properties and guess what now they're shortage again but even if you looked at those 250,000 homes that are you've just stated as a number that is lying empty across the country that's only one year's target of what the government even can't do they're saying every year they want to build 300,000 homes you know so the easiest thing to do here is to point out 250 that are lying empty because their inability to actually build the 300 that each one of them has been trying to target which have now been taken off the table because they know they can't do it. So I say again that they just point the finger at those that can as opposed to those that need to. And I think the ones that need to are the ones that are pointing the finger. A guy says, uh, I would be very happy to audit any of the London borough's properties and land assets. I, for... Uh for anything that I could find that is developable, I'll take 10% fee of the capital value. I suspect I could uh, find a lot and benefit both parties. <laughs> yes, I think that's that, true. That, that's, that's you and me guy together on that. Um, and um, of course, that, that, that's my point. I hope you can understand where I'm going with this. That at the end of the day, it's all very well saying to people, um, you know, look at you, you've got lying property, property lying empty. But I think there's lots of assets that they don't use and they don't bring to, to light. So, you know, um, let's join forces and, you know, find these properties and um, make some money along the way, like they, they want to. The Associate Director for Housing at the Institute of Public Policy Research in the think tank there, Luke Mur Murphy, says, it feels egregious in certain local settings, but it's actually not one of the driving issues. The problem in our housing market is that we failed to build enough homes in the first place. Which is an interesting one. I suppose if you're continuing to hit your target of 300,000 as it used to be a year, then uh, then you haven't got a problem whether they some others are set uh, aside and vacant or not. Well, that's where Mr. Go could take a very big lesson of what he calls levelling up. Um, and uh, maybe he should actually start building and stop talking um, and looking at other people. He should actually turn around and say, we need to level up. There are... Um, opportunities throughout the country all over where you know things are just sitting dormant um, but because they're dormant through planning through government intervention through lots of other reasons that's got nothing to do 
with the sheer fact that people don't want to build. I mean, of course, money's gone expensive. There are now developments sitting there doing nothing, primarily because they are now not um, financially viable because building costs have gone through the roof. Um, land value has obviously stagnated a little bit over this last 12 months. Um, and with that in mind, things are not being able to be built. But the, half of the reason why those delays happened was because of the levelling up, the planning um, portals, the planning uh, issues in each local authority governed by the national government have not allowed for planning permissions to happen in the time scale that those things could have been built. And now they're sitting there um, not being able to be built because the costs have gone up. So, you know, it's, it, I just think the, the government, doesn't matter what colour you are, are just casting stones on the basis that it's easy to point the finger somewhere else and actually not look back at yourself um, and look at your own house. We've actually had some fascinating discussion points this morning, regulation of estate agents and letting agents and et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, uh, empty homes. So uh, fascinating debate this morning. Thank you, Guy, for your contributions. I hope you found that an interesting watch this morning. And uh, we'll see you again for some more Property Matters very soon. <music>